0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'd like to thank you all for tuning in to the show. Got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey. We're coming your way with the 35th edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. What we're about to get into this week is strictly football. The season's about to get ready to begin soon. So before we get into college football, we're going to start things off with the NFC. Uh, first thing that we're going to go to is the NFC East. Um, Let's get right into it. Uh, what are your guys' expectations for Kirk Cousins this year? Uh, I don't think it's gonna be like how he ended the year last year, but it's not gonna be like he was yeah. beforehand. Uh, somewhere in the middle, uh, he's, he's taking the risk on himself playing, uh, with, uh, <clears throat> On his one year deal since he got franchised by Washington. So he, he has a lot to prove. Uh, things are falling into place for them to possibly win the division again. Uh, but, uh, I think he'll have just, you know, an okay year where he'll settle in showing he's maybe a top 15 quarterback. Okay. Yeah. You, you know, I think that's, that's a pretty solid as, estimation there. You know, I think. Just like you said, he's not gonna, you know, be, you know, 300 plus yards and two touchdowns every week. That's just not who he is. He's more of a game manager, throw a touchdown, 250, 60 yards, but the thing about Kirk Cousins is once he got comfortable last year, he didn't turn the ball over and that's what made him super successful. And I think we're gonna see not necessarily a mid-season form Kirk Cousins, but we're gonna see a better Kirk Cousins than we saw to the start of the season last year. We're gonna see a more, you know, mature Kirk Cousins, a more NFL type Kirk Cousins. Uh, just like you said, I think things are shaping up for them to potentially repeat as champions in that division. Uh, um, not all of that is solely gonna be Kirk Cousins, but they had some key additions. Uh, I think most notably, Norman, cornerback, coming over from uh, Carolina. I think he's going to help them quite a bit. I uh, don't know if he'll have the same year as he had last year, but he definitely will help that defense. But I think Kirk Cousins is going to be a solid game manager, and I think he'll lead them to the playoffs, whether it is the division title or the one of the two, but I think we will see them in the playoffs again, and Kirk Cousins will lead them offensively. All right. So, you guys think he'll have a better season than last year? or See, I, I think that's tough because I think he caught a lot of people by surprise last year. Now we're expecting, if we're going to expect him to do what he did when he was hot last year, I don't think we're going to get that. But I think we're going to get a more consistent quarterback. So, how however you want to describe, is he going to be better than last year? I think that's more of a personal assessment, but I think we're going to see a more consistent quarterback week in and week out than maybe what we saw last year. Yeah, uh I think this year we'll find out what he is. I don't think he'll have a better year than last year, but he'll this will be his uh second full year starting. So he will get to settle in and like I said, it kinda shapes up well. None of his other opponents have it secondaries. and Dallas' is probably the worst. Uh Eagles are competing with him and then, you know, the Giants have an OK D. So in his division, I think he'll get to show a lot to try to work towards a long term deal for himself. Uh, but I mean It'll be a little... He'll, he'll have some good numbers, but it'll be a little bit cloudy because of the competition in that division. Alrighty. righty. Uh, now we're about to go to the Cowboys. Um, Darnell, can't wait to hear your thoughts on this, man. Uh, Tony Romo has had an injury. Uh, I think they say he's going to be out possibly, I think, what, six to ten weeks? Yeah, yep. um, yeah six to ten weeks. Uh, so... Got, uh, Ezekiel Elliott and that, um, That's Ezekiel Knight, that. uh, oh, the, Elliott, yeah, I, I keep yeah. getting the last name <laughs> mixed up for some reason. Uh, but yeah, yeah, they had that, uh, nice offensive line, man, but they're going to have to pass the ball too to be successful. Uh, what do you think about, uh, that injury? I mean, it hurts. I mean, uh, I think, uh, people were excited about seeing this offense, uh, with that O line. Romo back under center. Bez is healthy. Ezekiel Elliott's healthy. You still have Jason Witten there. I think people are going to, we're excited to see the Cowboys kind of light up the scoreboard, you know, uh, and, and see if they can make another run to get back to the playoffs. But this is a big injury here. Uh, it's starting to look bad. I mean, you get, to, you can tell Romo probably doesn't have much time left in the league, if, if any. Uh, so, but it looks the, the, the silver lining is Dak Prescott's had an amazing preseason. Uh, you can't say any, that that's how he's going to play during the regular season because he was playing against other second and third teamers. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see what he can do when he's playing with the ones, see if he can develop a connection with that's Brian with Terrence Williams with Jason Witten. And if Ezekiel Elliott can show the flashes that he showed during the, uh, his one preseason game where, I mean, he only had a few runs, but he already showed that this guy already looks like he should be in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think Darnell kind of hit the main point with the Prescott now being the starter. Um, you know, he just can his, his sure hands around him on the field. You know, reliable guys to get the ball to, uh, you know, Des Bryant's a uh, go-up-and-get-it kind of receiver. Jason Witten's a nice guy to throw it to for six, seven yards and let him do the rest. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Ezekiel Elliott can give him, both running and catching the ball. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be able to get both types of production out of him and get good production from both as well. Uh, But in terms of Tony Romo, I think it went from Dallas getting into the playoffs to Dallas missing the playoffs. Um, I think that losing Tony Romo for potentially the first, I don't know, anywhere between five and nine weeks of the season uh, is the difference between three or four wins or three or four losses. So Tony, Tony Romo is just the veteran quarterback that knows how to play and typically gets the job done, especially in the regular season. But, uh, you know, I think this is going to be a good opportunity for Dak Prescott uh, because when you're drafted as a quarterback, you're most likely seen as the future of the franchise. And if he's going to be the future, now's going to be a good time to show Jerry Jones what he's got. I mean, better now than never, and if he's really good through the first few weeks of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if they just leave him as the starter and potentially part ways with Romo. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. I mean, if he were to catch fire and keep that offense living up to what he thought it might be with Romo, if he can Get a connection with the receivers. They're like I said. The, I don't. I don't think their division is what the NFC East has been over years, where it's been a meat grinder. Uh, they're it's not as strong as it used to be. So the, the other teams are all beatable, and I think they they pair up with the NFC North this year. So a couple weak teams there to play. You know, you got the Lions on the schedule. You got. Uh <clears throat> you got the Vikings on the schedule, so some winnable games. They they play the Browns, so schedule shapes up where even with that if Dak Prescott, if he can just be okay, uh, for a rookie, they could still win between eight, ten games, I think. Mm-hmm. Just uh real quick to give you guys uh look at their schedule, um while with the potential games that uh Romo can miss. They're gonna start the season off against the Giants, then they go against the Redskins, they have the Bears after that, then the Forty ers uh, then the Bengals and then the Packers. Those would be the uh six weeks if he were the um, six games he could possibly miss. Yeah. Then they will have a bye week and then the Eagles and Browns. Uh you know, that's within a time frame, uh, Romo could be out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I mean, looking at, looking at that, I don't, I only don't see like two automatic losses. Mm-hmm. And, and you see sense. those being the Packers and the Bengals? Yes. 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 I think they could still be any of the, the first four teams that they play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think, unfortunately, for Tony Romo, it's kind of a what's next story. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost like we're waiting for him to get hurt. It's like we're waiting for him to slip on a patch of ice outside of a stadium. (laughs) Seems like it. Um, now with just this, um, with this Dallas, um, injury situation with Romo, uh, is it, you guys think it's sealed that the Redskins should win it or what? The conference? It's theirs to win. I think, uh, I mean, I guess the Giants would be a dark horse there now as well. You still have Eli Manning and uh, OBJ connecting. I just don't know if their defense is what it used to be to uh, supplement that. Yeah, Yeah, you know, I think the Giants have the best offense. Um, They don't have the most weapons, but they have the best offense, which is kind of weird to say. I think Odell Beckham Jr. just kind of already levels them above everybody else, considering... The current circumstances. If Tony Romo was in, I would say Dallas was the best offense. It's just all about current current circumstance. And I think it in the NFC, I think this is going to be the closest playoff race. I think there's going to be three teams right there with the Giants, Cowboys, and Redskins who is going to win that if i if if i had to pick one right now i would probably lean toward the redskins i think they have potentially the most stable defense out of all of them uh i like you said i think the giants defense has just kind of digressed over the last handful of years um the, they will have yeah. some suspensions. And- yeah, and their and their secondaries just usually really poor. To so throw over the top of them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would have to give the edge to Washington, but I still think there will be three teams right there at the end, where you we're going to be looking at this division week, fourteen, and say anything can happen. Which, I mean you, No matter how good or bad The division is, that's usually the case mm-hmm. yeah, It seems to be tradition That it comes down to the last two or three weeks Of the season before uh, That division winner is crowned mm-hmm. Alright guys, uh, any other thoughts For the uh, NFC East? Uh, my poor cowboys Alright <laughs> Alright, we're about to go to the NFC West now. Um, first we're gonna just start this off just plain and simple. Uh he's been making the news a lot this week. Uh, a lot of people are pissed off at him, a lot of people stand with him. Um, what are you guys thoughts on the whole Colin Kaepernick uh national anthem anthem situation? Uh you guys think he should be possibly fined or suspended or you go along with it or what? It's it, it's a it's a tough situation to, I don't want to say it's tough to address because you have your opinion and you're entitled to it, but I think it's a tough situation to try and be united around. Um And and I'm saying both sides because it's a very split topic right now. Um I think no matter where you turn, people are talking about it and you're hearing both sides of the story, so... Um, I think it's a very interesting situation. The the one thing, you know, I'll I'll say about it is that I believe he has you know every right to do what he's doing. He has every right to choose to sit. That's the freedom we have in this country. You know, I'm very very proud of the freedoms that we have in this country. Um, He's entitled to his freedom of speech, his freedom to protest, and all that. But if you are going to sit there and support that, I think you also in hand, need to support those who choose to not support what he's doing because it is their right to do so as well um I think it's it's wrong to sit and say, You're wrong, I'm right, no matter which side of this you're on um personally i would I would like to see him stand during the national anthem. I believe it's a it it's a it's a pride thing. You know, we we stand because we're proud to be Americans. You know, we put our hand over our heart because we're, you know, proud to be Americans. We're thankful to be Americans. Um, I think it's a privilege, in my mind, to stand during the national anthem. Um, You know, we have brave people fighting for our country. We have brave people defending our country. Um, But Colin Kaepernick believes, you know, hey... They're being basically pointed at and basically told to go stand in the corner and he's not going to stand for a flag that supports that. Um I, I understand where he's coming from. Uh, not personally, but I understand his thought process. Uh, it, it to, to me, it's just that I think It's, it's, it's really hard for, for me considering I am, I am of white color. So I don't necessarily understand everything that he has maybe gone through in his life, but I, I would just be really curious to know why throughout his six year NFL career, he is realizing this now. Like I understand this whole topic of whether it's Black Lives Matter, police brutality, um, has become more Probably more prevalent in the past 12 months than it probably has in the last 10 years. But I would still be curious to know in his mind why now seems to be the correct time to try and address this by sitting. Alright. Uh, okay, <coughs> you, do all right, all right, you go ahead, Oh, if you got something, go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead. I'll, I'll, it's, you know, I have my final thoughts. You know, you know me. <laughs> Alright, uh. I find this to be a very I mean of course I everybody should see this as a very complex issue. Uh there's a lot of different aspects to look at about it. Uh it's it's brought up a range of emotions in different people. But I've also found it to be a very interesting, like mini little social experiment. Uh I've learned a lot of history from this. Uh, It's made me look back on other athletes that have taken stands like this. And uh, before I get too far into it, I'm not comparing him to anybody that I may mention to say he's causing as much change as anybody like that. I mean, like, you can pull up certain, like you can find on YouTube and search some stuff like people, a a lot of people that were against what Colin Kaepernick did. A lot, uh, common thing was, you're no Ali. You listen to some of the statements, like, they're kind of saying the exact same thing. Uh, like I said, I'm not pulling, putting Colin Kaepernick on the, uh, same level as what Muhammad Ali has done, because, I mean, Kaepernick caused the conversation, but, uh, I think, since, since starting it, he, he may want to be a part of what comes after it that discussion that follows and whatever change can come of it. Uh, but also just looking into it uh, as far as the history goes, like I, I learned a lot about the writer of the National Anthem that he's sitting through, Francis Scott Key. Uh, anybody who's listened to this, I implore you to look at the other verses of the anthem, more yeah. like the fourth verse where it speaks of you know, a lot of almost gleefully about killing slaves in the Revolutionary War because, uh, in that war, even though it was for American independence, they, the Brits tried to get slaves to join them where they trained them and offered them their freedom. thing once you learn about it and, you know, just the history of our country overall. Our original sin is slavery. We've had a civil rights movement. So, I think it's kind of hard to just, like, really go hard as somebody that uh that is, even though it's just partially foreign, still most people, a lot of people would consider Kaepernick a, a black man to uh, sit and not feel comfortable standing for something that he still doesn't feel has been rectified. And going back to what you said, Ty, it's his right to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's everybody else's right to disagree if that if that's how they feel. There's mm-hmm. an, there shouldn't be any issue there. Mm-hmm. Uh Calls for him to, I don't know, be banned and stuff like that. That's yeah. ridiculous. He, he, he hasn't there. there. Yeah. yeah, he hasn't done anything illegal. And uh, just because you disagree with his stance, it, it, if you look into everybody else in the NFL and what they do, just because he was brazen enough to make his feelings known. I don't think he should be severely punished for this. Uh, but, uh, I understand what his, his statement is, his feeling in his protest. He, he, he's doing what he feels is right. Uh, whether it, everything about it is right or wrong, whether you like how he did it or not, I, I don't think that's for us to judge. I think he, he got what was supposed to come out of it. Uh, a discussion was made. Uh, was he being looked to be made the centerpiece of it? I don't know because apparently he had done this for the past three preseason games. Yeah. Uh, it had just got noted a- to him and then wildfire caught, uh, in regards mm-hmm. to him sitting at the National anthem. But, uh, and not to get too long-winded on it. Uh, just like I said, I, I think it, it's, it's brought about a lot. And if people want to take the time, not just be mad or happy about what he did actually kind of look into some of the things that he's talking about then maybe uh, we can go towards what the Constitution says and keep creating a more perfect union it'll never be perfect, but that doesn't mean we should stop trying yeah I definitely agree with uh what both of you guys um said with the whole issue um my kind of my whole thing is uh, I do stand with uh Colin Kaepernick on the issue. This is one I do believe that this is right. Um just second I just you know, my key frustration with this country is, you know, just how in the hell have we been a country for this long and race is pretty much still our biggest yeah. issue. You know, that's one thing that just pisses me completely off about this country. It's just how long we've been a country and just race and race and race. That's still the number one issue. Not helping the poor, you know, education, trying to do something for the homeless or anything like that. It's it's race. You know, and that's just one thing that just infuriates me about this whole country, uh, with that whole aspect. Um I was just reading a whole uh bunch of comments about this um whole situation. Uh just with some of the whole what people have been saying, you know, they say Oh well, you know colin Kaepernick uh he's making all this money, and you know plus barack obama he, he we have a black president in office now, you know it's just like you know just because those two examples are uh prevalent right now, it doesn't mean that we still have there's racism and issues like that don't still exist in this country you know if you or to just look at the TV, you know, you can still just look at all these whole, uh, police brutality situations and stuff like that when the whole Black Lives Matter movement, you can still see that race is a pretty alive issue in this country. Um, so I just like the whole idea of him just standing up for what he believes in. Um, just because it kind of goes against the grain. Uh, if you look at the history of this country, um, you know, I do believe that the, Right now it has increased uh racism uh has decreased um over time. you know, I think <clears throat> excuse me, I do believe uh time has gotten better since you know the civil rights movement and things like that um but just him standing up uh well sitting down for the national anthem, I think that kind of goes against the grain if you look at the history of this country. Uh, in order for us to seek improvement, there have been people that went against the grain. You know, Muhammad Ali's, the Malcolm X's, uh, you know, Jim Brown's, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You know, these are just some of uh, the people that went against, uh, what society thought was, uh, right. And, you know, and they, and their works ended up helping us improve as a nation. You know, I'm not comparing them to these guys. I'm not saying he's the next malcolm X or anything like that. But I do think, you know, just him sitting down, it has gives people a time to discuss, okay, hey, you know, okay, what is wrong going on? What's this whole, you know, police brutality stuff that he's talking about and things like that? It helps add things to the discussion. So, uh, that's one of the key reasons I just do believe, uh, that I thought it was a good thing for him to do. Just, just him just doing that, you know, we're sitting down talking about it right now on the show. I just think that give people an opportunity to talk about it and get better informed on the issue and things like that. Uh, because I, you know, like I said, man, racism, for us to be a country for this long and still have racism as its number one issue, that's, uh, pretty upsetting, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, j- just just a couple, couple things here. Um one, kind of a side note to all of this. Um, I can't remember if it's tonight or tomorrow night, but the 49ers play San Diego, and San Diego has made it military night. Ooh. Did you guys hear this? Wow. So they made it military night. They're gonna bring one of those jumbo flags out onto the field, and military's gonna be holding it all the way around. So, it could be a very interesting night for Contra today. That's all I'm gonna say there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. um, secondly, a lot of the other talk that has come with this has been what are the 49ers going to do with Colin Kaepernick? Are they going to keep him on the roster? Are they even going to start him? Are they going to make him the backup? Or are they going to release him? Because let's be honest, he hasn't been really anything since the Super Bowl season. Uh, He hasn't even looked good in the preseason. Like, let's be really, he looks bad. He just doesn't isn't playing well um i think one thing people may potentially need to get over pretty quick is that if they they release him it's still probably a football decision i mean it it puts the 49ers in a very scary spot they're either going to be seen as the racist team or they're going to be the team that has a terrible quarterback on their roster like it's almost a no win for San Francisco right now, unless Colin Kaepernick turns it around on the field. Yeah, Would you guys I mean, agree there? Yeah, I, I, I think people that get mad at them if they were to trade or release him, they're just looking for an axe to grind there. If they're trying to say they did it for <clears throat> any reason other than his play. I so mean, mm-hmm. any anybody that watches football knows it. You can see just there's been a decline in Colin Kaepernick. Uh, he's he's being outplayed by Blaine Gabbard. Uh, and I mean, that's, that's all you gotta say there on that. Uh, but I mean, so you're gonna have some extremists on both sides, like with every issue. Uh, so say you got, you got people burning his jersey for doing something that's like that the military fought for him to have the right to do. Uh, it, it was, it's a, Peaceful style of protest uh, He even after speaking About it he says he has full respect For the military and all of that He's not meaning it as a Slight to anybody like that He gave the issues he was Taking his seat for uh, So Like I say anybody that gets mad and thinks it's something on the 49ers uh, Otherwise I mean They're probably going to try to do it in the best way possible if they want to move him and, and part ways. But, uh I mean, yeah, Kaepernick's play, play on the field has proven that he, he he may only have another year or so left in his league, especially for how much he's making. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to circle back to kind of one point Trey made, people saying stuff about how much he's making, yes, this is a great country where certain people can – get great opportunities to make a lot of money. One, Colin Kaepernick is a one in a million, basically, for mm-hmm. being able to get to the NFL and make that kind of money. And two, just because he's making that kind of money doesn't make him immune to anything happening based on his skin color. Mm-hmm. Uh, i tell anybody to go back and look at a uh, tennis star. Uh, was it Jeff Blake or something like that? Uh, Someone. Yeah, Blake. Yeah. Yeah. A, He was mistaken as somebody else and basically slammed to the pavement in the streets of New York by undercover cops and nobody said anything to him nobody asked him a question. He wasn't running from anybody and that's another millionaire athlete. So, like, save that one for me. Yeah. You know, I guess one more thought on this, for me at least. Seeing the... And it's only half of the story, I understand. But seeing the praise that Colin Kaepernick is receiving for standing up, being bold, uh, taking a stance. The odd thing to me is Tim Tebow did the same thing and got slammed. For, for the, the most brain. part. What was that? What you said, for the prayer and stuff. Yeah, for, for prayer, for talking about his faith. I heard a ton of people just be like, you know, Tim Tebow needs to worry more about his quarterback play and less about his faith. Like, I, 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 that's, that's stuff I heard respected analysts say. Yeah. And it's like, I, I find it really interesting when, and, and Tim Tebow's probably just one of many examples, but he's just the one that really came to mind. You know when certain players speak out on certain things, we shut them down. Yet others speak out about other things, and we raise them up. I I find it just very intriguing what we choose to uplift and what we choose to put down. Yeah. Um. Now I, I'm I'm not saying this doesn't deserve the attention it's getting. You know, it, it is getting a lot of attention. But um, you know, I think it's something that you know does need to be addressed. Does need to be talked about. But like I said I find it interesting some of the things that get raised and some things that get put down it's just kind of an anomaly kind of like wondering what the formula is for what gets the notoriety and what doesn't it's just kind of interesting to me yeah well i mean they they both were national issues they both were talked about a lot mm-hmm. i think they were both polarizing issues i mean mm-hmm. like it it kind of is like i see A a dozen of one things and twelve of the other. Yeah. For every person that was down in Tim Tebow, there were, there were also people saying, Hey, he's showing his faith. We should be okay with that. We're, and I agree. We have freedom of religion. And you know, for everybody saying Colin is taking a stand, there are people saying, uh, you're spitting on the flag and you're not, Mm -hmm. this is a country that allows you to, do this, that, and the other, but it's like, okay, so, like, everybody just needs to look at the root of both of these. Yeah. Tebow has a right to yeah. pray after a touchdown. Kevin mm-hmm. has the right to sit there and answer like, if you don't like yeah. it, it's fine. And yeah. you have the right to say you don't like it, or, or do like it, but, mm-hmm. I mean, let's just be respectful and have the conversation, you basically. You yeah, know. and, you know, one thing I have you know been telling people is whether you like it or not sitting in the national anthem doesn't make you any less american exactly you're you're, yeah. you're you're not you know i'm not walking up to anybody and saying i'm more american than you mm-hmm. like that's not really a thing you're american or you're not what you choose to do with it is your choice i mean we're all American right? I mean, right. if you if you have citizenship, you're an American. Yeah. That's just what it is. It's who we are. And with being an American, you have a lot of freedoms, but there's also a lot of opinions. So it's just, just it's just how it is. It's how it's going to be. It's going to be a big story until I think it'll be a big story really until A, he stands again, whenever that could be. Or we start week one (laughs) and we actually have football to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. My final thought real quick would just be, uh, people out there, you know, don't make the flag your God. Um, you know, what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of people, they look at the flag and everything like that and they act like, you know, racism and stuff like that still doesn't exist in this country. You know, as if we're one big, happy family. Um, you know, I have no problem with people, you know, like I said, standing up for the national anthem, you want to put the flag on your pickup truck or whatever, go ahead. I'm fine with that, you know, but when you care more about a flag than you do an actual human being and their rights, uh, that's when I have a problem. with. So it's just been a lot of people, uh, you know, bashing Kaepernick and stuff. And there's been people in NFL that have done a far, a lot worse than he's done. Some raping women, beating women, and so forth. And they're not, they had, they're not getting nowhere near the attention that Kaepernick's getting for sitting down and, uh, caring about, uh, some of the issues that are going on in this country. So, that would just be my final thought, you know, just don't make the flag your guy, you know, so. Anything else, guys, on that issue? I think we got it. With or without Kaepernick, I'm not picking the 49ers doing the last. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <Green>. <laughs> okay, up next we're about to get to the uh Seattle Seahawks. Uh how do you guys think they'll do post lunch? I think they will hold it together nicely. I mean yeah I think Thomas Rawls is up for uh taking the load. Uh he's not gonna do what Lynch does, but he's a solid back and, you know, that team is uh Built on running and defense, but uh, Russell Wilson is turning into an—he's turned into an elite quarterback. Even uh, no matter what you put around him, he seems to make magic happen. So I I think they'll be fine. Yeah, they started to really pick it up uh, last year, uh, midway through the season. Uh, They started off slow and they really just started to get it together. So. Yeah, you know, to Thomas Rawls, I will say fire up chips, (laughs) Central Michigan University. (laughs) You know, it's it's really interesting because the one thing I love about the NFL is you don't have to be from Notre Dame, USC, Alabama, you know, a big time conference in order to make some serious noise in the NFL. Because when Lynch went out with the injury last year, Thomas Rawls replaced him without skipping a beat. He was good. Um, now, in order to do that for a full season, he's not going to, you know, keep up to the same level that Marshawn Lynch would, but I think he's going to be very solid. He's going to be able to, you know, he, I think he's a three-down back. You can leave him in the game. Uh, granted, he got hurt last year, too, but uh I think he showed enough rostering. Earned the starting job for week one. I, I think that says enough, but like Darnell was, was alluding to, you know, that offense goes as Russell Wilson goes. Yeah. Um, you know, he. I, I still think he needs to f- kind of figure out throwing the ball a little bit. I mean, they got Doug Baldwin, uh, who really turned it on in the second half of the season, was their clear-cut number one by that point. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with Jimmy Graham, though, coming off an injury. Uh, his status is still kind of questionable. They're saying he should be ready for week one, but who really knows? Um, so I think throwing the ball is still going to be their weak spot. Um, it's still going to kind of be their Achilles heel, you know, if they start getting into a lot of third and longs, but their offense is good enough. I don't see that happening. Uh, Wilson keeps a lot of plays open with his feet. That defense is, you know, a top two or three defense in the league usually is. So I'm not worried about them one bit. Pete Carroll knows what he's doing. He's a good good football coach. Has been just about everywhere he was. Um, So, I'm not worried about Seattle at all for this match. Now, do you guys think the Cardinals will repeat as divisional champs? Or do you think somebody will overtake them this year? I do not. You don't think they will? So, you you think Seattle will beat them? I think Seattle comes back and... Takes division back. Uh, yeah, you know, I think that's. I I think that's going to really come to the health of Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer's getting a little older now. Uh, last year, I think he had, and he did not have a normal year last year. I think we can all say he overproduced. Um, I think if you think he did not overproduce, you might be off your rocker a little bit. Um, I I think we will see him kind of come back to the earth a little bit. Larry Fitzgerald's not going to have the year he had last year either. They have a lot of promise, though, in Michael Floyd, John Brown, David Johnson, that defense. They they have a lot of promise there to potentially repeat. Uh, I think, like Darnoff said, Seattle's very hungry to do so. Uh, they're hungry to take that division back, get to another Super Bowl. Uh, I think they have all the pieces to do it as well. Uh, but I will actually stick with the cardinals i I think, uh, despite not having as good of a year as he did last year, Carson Palmer's just gonna do enough. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna stay healthy uh, at least healthy enough to get through the year, um maybe miss a week here or there, but I think they won't necessarily need him by the time he'll sit out again. So I'm actually gonna stick with Carson Palmer and the Cardinals win division. Either way, it's going to be a good one. Um, you know, I just think it all relies just on Seattle. If they start off slow, um, like they did last year, I have it to, uh, going to the Cardinals. But if they can start the season off, you know, going full steam, uh, I think they can pull it off. It just, it just all depends on if Russell Wilson can get those guys, uh, ready and go out there and compete and everything because defense is going to be, uh, still spectacular. You know, just, and those guys just start the season off going full steam. Mm-hmm. Better to ride the fence between two teams. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. They're two good teams, man. Like I say, either one, man. I just, whatever happens, happens, man. You have four potential you know, picks, and you can't. I, I, You them. know I I'll go 49ers, then. Yeah, man. I love that. Right. <laughs> Carlos Hyde leads the way. <laughs> oh, man. The team that has people retire at the age of 24. Yeah. All right, we're about to go to the NFC North next. Um, we're from Michigan, man. What do you guys think about this Lions this cup? It's you? our year, man. <laughs> it's our year. Every year's the year. Cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think the NFC North is... It, it, I think the NFC North is one of the most hit or miss count, or divisions in the NFL. Uh, I think... Everybody always views the Packers as the one to beat, which I could not agree more with. And especially could not agree with it more now that Teddy Bridgewater's out. I think uh, Green Bay's gonna win it fairly easily. Um I see them at a 11 win season. They have Jordy Nelson back. That's key for them. Eddie Lacey's looking better than he did last year. That's a plus for them. Uh, I just don't see too many things going against Green Bay right now. Um, I think with Teddy Bridgewater out, that hurts Minnesota. Um, I don't think, like, we we were talking a little bit before the show and talking about fantasy football and just how the team doesn't, the the team takes the biggest hit for Teddy Bridgewater being out, but the position values don't really change. Like we feel anybody can get in and bring the same talent that Teddy Bridgewater has. It's just that Teddy Bridgewater will manage the game better than the other guys, so I think their defense is still going to be good. They're still going to have you know an average offense. Adrian Peterson's still going to be really good um I just don't i I think with Bridgewater out that moved them from potential wild card to out of the playoffs um but other than that, the Bears will be the Bears and the Lions will be the Lions, unfortunately. <laughs> but I I think, you know, the Packers are kind of the clear cut here. Yeah. Uh and uh, Trey, as far as the Lions go specifically, they're not gonna be good. Uh I think they've shown that through the preseason. I know you can't usually go fully off pre- preseason, but this is this is not a team that I think is going to do much. I think their ceiling's probably about five wins. Yeah. Ooh, see, I, I I think they'd be higher than that though. Ah, yeah. But, yeah. They're, <laughs> they're going to have to prove me wrong. I just I mean, I've talked about it before. I'm not the highest on Stafford. Uh, yeah, I was about to get to him real quick. You know, he doesn't. He can't put throw. Dangerous passes to uh Calvin anymore, man. He's gone. So what do you think his production will be like this year? I mean, he still might fill up some stat sheets, but I think a lot of that's gonna be because they're playing from behind. So like he will still be a great fantasy quarterback, uh, if you're in a fantasy football league. His numbers will come from garbage time. That's that's what I'm thinking. Okay. Like They'll, they'll have an average defense, but I think they're going to be on the field a lot because early, the Lions, I, I'm still not sure they're going to be able to run the ball effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amir Abdullah will have to make some big strides and, uh, yeah. Theo Riddick, who is overall their probably most productive back. He's basically a receiver for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, I mean, Stafford has some, he still has two decent weapons on the outside with the up Mar- Marvin Jones and, Golden Tate's still there. Uh but Ebron is athletic, but you can't depend on him to catch the ball. Mm-hmm. So, I guess I'm just left there, especially if I don't feel that the quarterback is the most precise and I don't think he reads defense as well, Uh which is why I feel like he s- stared at Calvin a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, I-, I think uh he works best when the game speeds up, which will be a lot of comeback-type uh plays that he'll have to make. So Stafford will still throw for a lot of yards, they'll have a lot of touchdowns, but I just don't see a lot of wins coming out for the Lions. Yeah, y- y- I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I-, I just think their ceiling could be a little bit higher. Um, I think their ceiling's more 7 or 8 wins. Um, and, and I think the only reason I say that is because I I think the subtraction of Calvin Johnson, it doesn't appear to help Matthew Stafford, but I think it does. And the only reason I say that is I think he got tunnel vision too much with Calvin Johnson on the field. I yeah. think he wasn't able to, you know, go to a second, possibly third option on a play because mm-hmm. he knows what kind of faith. Calvin Johnson has with the ball. You know how many times do we see Calvin Johnson get thrown to in triple or quadruple coverage, and make a catch? Like mm-hmm. it, it was unbelievable. Right. But I I think this will allow him to kind of ease up, see the field, make some smarter decisions offensively. um If if he gets tunnel vision with Golden Tate, or if he finds something with Marvin Jones downfield and gets tunnel vision there, then yes, I think their ceiling is five wins. But I'm I'm gonna assume that they're gonna be able, or that Stafford's gonna be able to lose the tunnel vision, see the field a little more clearly. Um, I I do agree. I don't think he reads defenses the best. I don't think he is the most accurate passer. But I think they're gonna kind of throw in some new schemes, be able to really adjust to not having Calvin Johnson on the field, and. Like you said, I, I, I'm not huge, a huge fan of Ebron. Uh, yes, athletic people complain in the NFL, but athletic people aren't always productive in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And Ebron is not really productive. He's not that great of a blocker. He drops it a lot. Yeah. So he's not a sure thing like a lot of teams have at tight end. But I, I, I do think that team will have enough Weapons to just start slinging the ball. I don't think they're going to rely much on the run game. I don't think Abdullah is going to have a great year. I think he's going to be just average. Uh, I think, like you said, Theo Riddick's going to see more action or not see more action, see more production out of the backfield, and that's just because he's a better pass catching option. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just personally think the defense will be stronger than the offense. But they're not a great defense, but I think they'll be able to win some games just solely by outscoring the other team. I like the one game I'm actually really excited for them to play is going to be against the Jaguars because both teams love to throw the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that game could potentially see a final score of like 45 to 41 or something like that. So I think that game could be fun, but I, I just think they'll be able to outscore a couple teams that just lack offense. You know, potentially a team like a Tennessee, um, mm-hmm. the Bears, um, you know, I, j- just some of their lower end games. I think they'll be able to win, and I, I think they may even be able to squeak, you know, one win out against, uh, you know, like I think they could potentially win week one against the Colts, depending on which Lions team shows up. And but but then again, that's the story with the Lions. You see, they same old Lions, or they look like a team that can win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So what you're saying is. For the offense and Cooter, you trust? Um, sure. I mean, <laughs> I I don't think it's Cooter I trust in. I think it's just going to be Matthew Stafford developing into an actual for an actual quarterback that doesn't have probably. I, I mean, I, I for your sake, I hope. But, how many leagues? He's been, he's been no, in you're, you're league right. for a while. Wow, and, and, and you're right. And that's why I'm hoping he actually looks like a veteran quarterback that knows how to check down on a play. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping. Just real quick, what are you guys more uh, anxious to see? Uh, the Lions this year or Calvin on Dancing with the Stars? Calvin on Dancing with the Stars because <laughs> we'll probably see some better moves than he had in the NFL. <laughs> oh man. But he, like, he had some good ones in the NFL. I'll give them that. I've never seen an episode of that show, so uh <laughs> I'm gonna stick with Lions football it's <laughs> bad <laughs> All right. Oh, just to make sure uh you guys got the Packers, uh oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. So no need to question that. Uh will go to the south? Uh we'll talk about the Panthers real quick. Uh how do you guys think they will do uh this year since they don't got the Beasts? Norman holding it down on defense. I mean, I think they still have a clear path to win division. Just cause, I mean, not, not going to be a ton uh that's going to be fighting them. Uh, if if the Falcons are anything like they were last year when they just fell off a cliff, that's not going to be much. The Saints will have a historically bad defense again. So, I mean, yeah. Um, um, and T- Tampa will, they'll make strides, but they're still kind of young. So, I mean, I think it's Price still Carolina's to lose. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. You know, um, despite not having Josh Norman, they still have Luke Keeley. A lot of people wanted to say Norman was the best player on that defense, but I, I always lean toward Luke Keighley. Uh, that guy just has a nose for the ball. Whether it's running or passing, he just has a nose for it. Um, but yeah, I think that offense is enough to win that division. That loves its offense. Uh, like the the Saints will throw the ball fifty times a game. Uh, Tampa Bay doesn't really know <clears throat> what they're doing all too well yet. I mean, Winston's young, Evans is young. Doug Martin had a nice year last year, but. That's one season in the last three or four. Uh, you know, they, I don't really know that I want to pick a team that traded up in the draft to get a kicker in the third round or whatever it was <laughs> to win a division. I mean, good kicker. Don't get me wrong. Roberto Aguayo's. It was really there Pedardo's first two preseason games. I know. I know. But dude's a good kicker. He'll pan out. He'll be solid. You don't have to pay him a lot. Uh, he's a kicker, but. Yeah, just kick Cam Newton's head and shoulders in that division, head and shoulders above everybody except Drew Brees in that division and tell me who you'd rather have around you, the weapons that Drew Brees has or the weapons that Cam Newton has. I think that's enough to decide we should win the division. Yeah. Now, so you guys have them um winning the division. uh Do you think they could repeat a Super Bowl appearance. That is going to be a harder feat to accomplish. Uh, I think other teams have made, like, Green Bay is more of a complete team, staying healthy now, uh, if, if they do stay healthy this year, I should say. Uh So that, that'll that be more competition for them. Uh, but I mean, they definitely do still have a solid shot at it, but I mean, you, you have to always look at the NFC West as well. You have Seattle and Arizona. That's, that's, it's a big feat to accomplish if they can come back. Yeah. Um, I guess to answer the question, could they? Yes. Um, I think they're the team to beat until somebody proves them wrong. Um, Darnell probably pointed at the three best competitors for them in the Packers, Seahawks, and Cardinals. I think... I think the Seahawks, the Seahawks would give them the toughest run, though. I, I I don't... I think their defenses match up really well. Neither like to give up points. Um, like Darnell said, Green Bay is probably the most complete team, but their defense seems hit or miss week in and week out. Um, but I, I think Green Bay may have the easiest path to get into the playoffs. Um, I think they're coming to the weakest division. So I think they may, they may have the best chance to get to a point where they may play Carolina for the Super Bowl healthy. Um, and I think that could pay big dividends for them. But I think if somebody's going to give them a serious run, I would like to see Seattle-Carolina-NFC Championship game. I think that'd be great. I mean, we saw it last year. We got a great game. Yeah. I mean, a great second half. Well, true, really, yeah. Because that first half was a blowout. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess back to my point. I think it's Carolina's to lose until somebody proves that they can hang with them. Seriously. Nothing wrong with that. Uh Do you guys have anything else to add to the um, NFL overall? She's covered all the divisions. No. All right. You good, sir? Yes, sir. All right. We're about to get to some NCAA football now. Um, first of all, just what excites you guys the most about this season? Everything. <laughs> Like, if we're just being serious, everything about college football excites, potential upsets, uh, rivalries, I mean, this is just stuff we don't get in the NFL. Not too often, at least, I should say. Because, I mean, like I said, if we get, you know, a Carolina-Seattle matchup or Seattle-Arizona, like, that's exciting stuff. But I don't think much beats a top-five matchup in NCAA in primetime. Like, I, I don't think much beats that. So really, every everything about college football excites me. Teams I love, teams I hate. It's college football just has it all, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean it's it's just all encompassing. It's the time of the year like people are pulling out their colors and wearing them already. Like I'm lo- I'm just looking forward to like even just seeing marching bands on the field playing fight songs. Yeah. Like, every, yeah, it has everything about it. It's just, it just means fun. Yeah. yeah, and and I think you'd agree with me, Darnell. Anybody who's been to a big time college football atmosphere knows that there's nothing like it. There's just right. nothing like it for sure. I mean, I've been, you know, East Lansing. I've been to Ann Arbor, like. They're great environments for football. They love it. Um, and I'm sure people who've been to Tuscaloosa, who've been to LA, who've been to Miami back in the day, like, you get excited to just be there. Whether you, you, you could not even go to the game and just be in the city and still just feel it. It's, it's just awesome. Yeah. You go to a college town, uh, Yeah, you don't even have to set foot in the stadium, but you're still going to just feel the energy around. Mm -hmm. Just me, uh, what excites me the most, I I just have something to hear other than baseball. Uh, (laughs) So that's just always a good time of the year for me, man. But other than that, just like what you guys said, man, just the energy uh, when you get those late primetime games at night, man, you just hear that crowd uh, do the – Speakers and it just makes you feel as if you're there, uh, in some ways, man. Just love the hype, uh, that's going to be coming into the season. It's going to be some great games and, uh, great plays this year for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this week, uh, we got some great games come this week. Um, what's your favorite game you guys are looking forward to see this week? Bammy <laughs> USC. Yeah. I think that's gonna be a really good one uh, I think that one just has the has the pedigree uh, among some of the other notable week one matchups, just both prominent programs in college football prime time you know neutral field will make it a little interesting yeah um I think it makes it i i, I would still pick Alabama to win that game, but I think a neutral field makes it a little more interesting um most likely means an even crowd, um, you know, nobody's home field. Like, you just know your home field. You, you know the ins and outs of, you know, the field itself. So I I, I like the neutral field for this game. It uh, doesn't change my mind on the outcome, but I, I just think that that's a great way to start primetime week one, for sure. Um, and the other game I'll probably be looking most forward to is Oklahoma-Houston. Because Houston's really trying to get into the Big Twelve, and if they can beat the team that's being picked to come out of the Big Twelve, that would give them a serious shot at getting in, as well as possibly spoiling Oklahoma's chances for the entire season. So that game could be exciting, and plus it lets us know if Houston's for real after last year. So, yeah. All righty, you guys ready to pick uh, the teams? Yeah. What we got? Alright, you guys, uh, you guys we're gonna start off right now with Alabama versus USC. Uh, who do you guys have? I think it'll be close early, but I just, I still don't feel like USC has built up enough, enough depth to earn the rankings that they get. Uh, so I'm gonna take Alabama to pull that one out late, uh, but going away some like 31-24. Okay. Just to let you know this game, uh Alabama has an eleven and a half uh nice bread. Yeah, roll tide. I'll say that. Uh I think once once the quarterback situation for uh Alabama, I forgot what the guy's name is that they chose. Uh, but I think once he gets settled in, second half especially, he'll uh he'll really take control of the game, find his receivers. Uh, once they build their run game early on, they'll rely on that for the first half. But the second half, I think they'll get a little more comfortable throwing the ball. Uh, I'll actually pick Alabama by a little bit larger of a margin, but I'll say 31-21. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Alabama as well. Uh, I'm just going to be looking at their quarterback to see how he's going to do in this game overall. Like I said, I'm not expecting him to do great You know, put up like the numbers, anything this year, but I just want to see how he's going to be able to manage the clock, Um, especially this game. Uh, UFC, they're going to be coming, uh, into town. They're going to be playing, um, against their old coach. So I want to see what they're, uh, how hyped they're going to be to play against, uh, Wayne Kiffin. Um, see what that defense can do, uh, to some of the great offensive, uh, plays they can put out there for Alabama. So. It's going to be an interesting game. I do have uh, Alabama winning this one. Um, have them win 31 to 20. So, That's 31 is a magic number for Alabama, huh? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> now up next we have Georgia versus UNC. Um, Georgia, I believe they are ranked, yet 18 and UNC is ranked number 22. Um, Georgia has a two and a half point uh, spread for this game so who do you guys have start on this one See. yeah um, I'm going to go with Georgia uh, they received a pretty nice recruiting class under first year coach Kirby Smart uh, Kirby Smart coming from the winning program of Alabama knows what it takes to win knows a winning culture Uh I think being in USC country or USC SEC country just gives you an upper edge recruiting wise. Uh, I think they have just better experienced players all the way around the field. So I'm gonna pick Georgia. What would you say the spread was, Trey? Uh, Georgia. They have a two point five. Two point five. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So I'll pick Georgia. I'll pick them to cover the spread. Uh, I will take them 28 to 21. Alright. Yeah, I mean, this is a, it's a hard one here. Because uh, UNC might have a little bit more coming back. Uh, there's some transition going on in Georgia, of course. Newer coach. Uh, but I think I'm just going to have to go with the influx of talent and just go with Georgia again as well and go, uh, Georgia 24, 20. All righty. I'm going to go with Georgia as well. Um, I just like their coach, coach that they brought in. I think is a defensive genius. I think he's going to be able to help those guys defensively for sure. Um, I think they're going to go out there just, uh, ready and be at. Uh, SEC football, I love it. So I'm going with the SEC over this one. Got them. I got Georgia winning 20 to 14 Yeah, the I I I also think another big edge for them is the fact that North Carolina doesn't have Marcus Williams. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like he he was kind of it. But I I think the only reason I'm picking it close is because it's week one. Both both teams will still try and find yeah what they're made of. Feel the same. If it, if it were mid season, I'd probably pick Georgia by at least two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. And up next we have Oklahoma and Houston. Um real quick. okay. It's right here. Oklahoma they have an eleven point five uh lead for the spread against uh Houston. Oklahoma's ranked three, Houston's ranked number fifteen. It's a big spread. Really? <laughs> uh Wow. Uh, <laughs> I got Oklahoma winning that one. Uh, I think it's gonna be, I, I think Houston's not gonna be just getting rolled over by them. I mean, Oklahoma. Yes, they're college playoff, uh, favorite and they should win this game, but Houston has had and probably continue will have a potent offense. So I'm gonna go with that backdoor cover, uh, in the uh, Fourth, and Oklahoma wins 35-30. to 30. All righty. Boomer Sooner is going to be my pick there, so Oklahoma. Um, I-, I just think they're too hungry to get in the playoff again to let Houston ruin it week one. Uh, bigger Mayfield, I think, is going to be able to have his way on that Houston defense. I think Houston's offense is going to have its way a little bit with Oklahoma's defense. I think this is going to be a very fun game. Yeah, I think uh, this is going to be yeah. Well, you know, it's going to be a stop. shootout. Yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be a shootout. Um, I mean, I think we're going to see defenses make some big plays mainly because they'll need to. <laughs> but uh I'm I'm going to pick Oklahoma 38 to 35. in a close one. All right. All righty. I feel the same way with Utah. I think this is going to be a shootout as well. Uh, I think this is going to be a very uh, entertaining game to watch, especially if you love offense. I do have Oklahoma winning this one as well. I have them winning 42 to 38. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to say, I think it's going to be kind of like the national championship game last year where the majority of the points come in the second half. Okay. I think, I think it's going to be a slow start, but I think it, it, turns up after half hour. Alrighty. And last but not least for our Pick'em, we have Ole Miss versus Florida State. Uh Florida State, they have a four point lead for the spread. Uh they're gonna be ranked number four and Ole Miss is going to be ranked number one. What do you guys got? Uh, Considering having oh. okay. Consider, considering I'm picking Florida State to win the ACC, I feel like <laughs> I have to pick them to win this game. <laughs> so it's early, I, man. I um, mean, the, true. The, yeah, rather I, lose early yeah, than lose now, late. I've I have always said I have always said it doesn't matter who you lose to; it matters when you lose. Yeah. So if you lose early in the season, you can make up for it. Yeah. But I, I think Dalvin Cook's gonna run and run and keep running. I think they're really going to try and work him week one of the passing game, just kind of come to them because they know they have the luxury to run the ball. Um, I don't see this game being very high scoring as both teams usually put some pretty pretty good defenses out on the field, but I still think we're going to see a lot of offense kind of between the red zones. Um, I'm going to pick Florida State to win this game, twenty-seven. twenty one yeah I'm going with Florida State too I just uh Ole Miss will do their best to stay in it uh their offense will will try to rise up through the game but just late I don't think they'll have the defense to uh keep Florida State off the scoreboard so I'm going FSU uh 31 21 all righty uh me, I'm gonna go with Ole Miss on this one. Uh, Ooh. yeah, I love I'm I'm gonna go with the SEC, man. They uh stepped it up against Bama last year, they got a win against the champs. I think this year just uh coming into I think they're just gonna be more fired up than FSU um coming into the season. So I just think they're gonna start this game off strong and uh just be able to just pull it off and get the win. So I have Ole Miss, I have them winning twenty four to thirteen. Ooh. Oh, that's wow. Yeah. You know, the one thing I think that's really gonna hurt Ole Miss is they don't have Laquan Le- Juan Treadwell to throw the ball up to. True. I think they that's don't. gonna hurt them a little bit, but yeah. I no do no route Deacon, Kelly either. Yeah. But I, I will say Chad Kelly the player, he can play. Yeah. He he gets it out there. So I, I bet he'll have a pretty good year. Um, I I'm still sticking with Florida State, but I think Ole Miss can have a pretty good year. Yeah. yeah. So, like I so said, we're going to be tallying these up uh, throughout the year to see who's going to have the best overall picking percentage. So, we're going to be starting this off uh, just right now, see how we're going to do this week, man. Um, well, well we, we we got a couple more to pick, Trey. We have Thurman playing Michigan. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, I'm about to ask you. I was about to, you know, that's going to be the closer. Why you playing <laughs> Michigan? Yeah, you know, just – this should be some, you know, easy win for you guys. So I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna call out the wins, you know, right now. I yeah. believe you guys should win. Uh, just what are you guys looking specifically, uh, from your team, uh, to start the season off this year? Uh, you know, what are you gonna be looking at the most, uh, when they play this Saturday? It's Friday for, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, Friday, yeah. <laughs> So, Friday night when I tune in, I'm looking for two things. Uh, I want to see some stability uh, as far as the O-line goes. And, of course, we got a brand-new quarterback. I just want to see, as long as he is making strides and getting used to his receivers, we only have one senior receiver, and everybody else has had limited uh, game time. So, I want to see if somebody can uh, stand out there. And I don't want Furman, uh, Furman score more than like six points. Uh, I have high expectations for our defense this year. That's, that's, I want that to show. Alright. In terms of the Michigan, I think yeah, it, it's kind of the same story as what Darnell just said for Michigan State. Uh, whatever the quarterback situation plays out for Michigan, whether it's John O'Corn or it's Wilton Spate, uh, yes, I'm already saying Shane Morris is riding the pine. Uh, man I wish he's gone that's a different story but uh yeah whether it's O'Connor Spate um, I just want to see them just be comfortable out on the field Um, I don't want to see them trying to force many things I just wanted to take what's available to them because I believe offensively and well I guess just talking about the offense for the quarterback that there's enough weapons out there it's not half to force anything like I, I just want to see a comfortable fluid offense that can you know score in reality every every other or every three drives um I, I don't want to see Michigan going without points often like that that's a reason for concern and especially against why, who I believe just led up 51 against a Jared Goffless Cal team so I think Michigan should be scoring more often than not. Um, and then in terms of the defense, um, I want to see how Jabril Peppers plays at the linebacker position. It's his natural position, and coaches have said he looks great. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he appears after having a good season at, uh, in the in the defensive backfield. Uh, so I think he's he's you know going to be a much must-watch player nationally. Uh, I'm not saying he'll necessarily be up there for Heisman or anything like that, but a lot of people. Really like him and tune in to watch him. But then uh I would also just like to see this defensive line, see what they can do, put pressure on the quarterback. Uh, Rashawn Gary, notably, see how he fits in. Uh Really just see if he's worthy of the hype and the number one ESPN ranking. Or is he not? I mean, granted, that's going to be a season-length thing and a, most likely a multi-year thing. But I would like to see him get involved really quick and have a really good freshman year. All righty. Now, do you guys have anything to add for NCAA football or just show overall, or with just any closing statements? Yeah, I also want to see one thrown clipboard by Jim Harbaugh. All right. Intensity. I want to see <laughs> intensity out there. Nothing Never take a game like him. him. When don't you? <laughs> yeah. It's just funny to watch him stand on the sidelines and get heated. It's just funny. I love it. Guy's passionate about his football, man. That's one thing I can say about him. Uh, What about you, Darno? Do you have anything that? add? No, just it's finally here. I know. i retweet retweeting countdown videos for a month now, it feels like. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the earliest one I saw to you was at least 12 days. So, so yeah, let's, let Yeah. So, so always guys, I uh, appreciate you all for tuning in to the show. Um, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, podcast.com, YouTube. Just use that search engine, type in don't kill the messengers podcast. We're bound to come up. So. Uh appreciate that. You can also check us out on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. So as so always appreciate you guys for tuning in and take care.